0: what is up everyone welcome to the first episode of the mirror drive podcast i'm kevin burchell joined by my wonderful co-host ali kohler
1: hey we are
0: coming to you live from basically new england we live in massachusetts me and connecticut her and we are here to talk about everything motorsport we're talking f1 we're talking nascar we're talking indycar we're talking eq we're talking our favorite drivers, our favorite races, our favorite tracks, our favorite teams, our favorite brands, our favorite series is Because we have Netflix and now we have a new uh, show out on USA documenting NASCAR drivers and their families and things like that. So we're going to deep dive, maybe tip our toe in little areas of everything <laughs> and... Ali is the brainchild behind this. This is her idea. And she told me, you know, why don't we just get back on uh, video calls as we're so normally used to um, and just chatting. And instead of work this time, we're going to chat about something too, like, totally fun. So.
1: Yeah. So welcome. We're so happy to be here, but we're also like feeling a lot of mixed, a lot of mixed feelings. Oh, yeah, well, the first Monza. day.
0: It's kind of a awkward. Uh, it's kind of an awkward first race. So we're talking obviously about the 2022 Italian Grand Prix, which just took place at the wonderful uh, Autodromo Internazionale Monza. Yeah, and uh, we have Max Verstappen as our winner, and everyone's not coming. <laughs>
1: usual, Max Verstappen is our race is our race winner. It turns out that George was right. You'd be stupid to count out Max for winning this race. Uh, I mean, I I went into it thinking Max was going to win, but I think that's only because I have such a now such like a bias for Max being the race winner.
0: <laughs> well, wow. like he has to this crash what I'm out right now.
1: He has to crash out in order to not win a race. That's where I'm at. Um, but I mean, the strategy of Ferrari is to do everything possible to make it easier for Max to win. He's too good. He's too fast for you to be making dumb strategy choices at the beginning of a race. So
0: yeah, I mean, even with Max starting P7, he drove on those medium tires for what seemed like an eternity. He got, yeah. I I wrote it down because he was, like, just flying through the pack immediately. He was, what, P7, and he got up to P3 in one lap. And then he stayed on his mediums for 26 laps or something. Like, and then nice. went soft. And he was fine his tires were beautiful they were pristine no graining no like no degradation whatsoever and they actually talked about that him and George i think in the cool down room after they were he was like there was no deg it was great like people only came in for those extra tires after the safety car because we thought that there was actually going to be a race but
1: right right at that point they just max wasted easy,
0: it was an easy one stop race for max without the oh, safety yeah. car
1: well, and I think that's, that's too, like where the Ferrari strategy was so confusing because at that point they basically made the choice to have a two-stop race at the very beginning of the, like, there were so many choices that they could have done at such a short track with such high speed. There right. was, there was an easy way that they could have made it a one-stop race, especially with holding track position at P1, like, and they they just immediately went to the choice of we're either going to make your life the hardest by making you manage your tires at whatever lap the virtual safety car was. Like manage your tires from then on for the rest of the race. Or we're going to have a two stop race while Max is managing his tires beautifully like the champion that he is. Um, it just it just yeah. seemed like real real like amateur hour continuously at Ferrari.
0: Yeah, I mean, when they started saying, like, Plan C, I was like, is Plan C for Carlos to, like, get Carlos? Because wasn't he on the hard tire at some point? And then they switched him?
1: I don't know, because Carlos was was on the mediums for a long time, and then he was like, "Mm, I want to switch to softs, like... I, I want to go to the softs. He's probably watching Carlos or he's probably watching Max on the screens. And he's like, he's on the softs. I want to be on the softs. He's killing it. And right. then the softs work beautifully for Carlos. Yeah. And then they brought him in for a new pair of softs again, which, you know, obviously not knowing that they're that it was going to be a safety car until the rest of the race, but even still, if it, like, if it wasn't bringing him in for another new pair of softs, didn't really make any sense. Cause he had just gone out like, I don't understand what the what the Ferrari tire management strategy is, and if they have it in their heads that tire management is one of Charles and Carlos's weakest things, so they're just constantly being like, "Okay, they're going to ruin these tires. Let's change it," or like, I I don't understand what what their whole philosophy is on tire management over over there.
0: It just seems that like. I don't know. I don't know why they they both didn't run medium soft. Like I I guess I understand why because I think Charles and George both started out on softs. And then everyone basically behind them I think were were on a mix of like medium and soft. I said at one point in the race like It was such a weird array of tires. It was medium, soft, hard, soft, hard, soft, soft, hard, hard, medium. And it just like was so mixed and jumbled all the way down the order. But where Charles went from soft to medium, George went from soft to hard to try and like do a long stint. And really only the people in the back of the pack like were using the hard tire. Yeah and even then like he you know he lost out to max came through like steaming right pi- like right past him yeah. um it was hard i think to even manage the hard tire but i don't think that anyone was like going out of their way to really work it in like i don't think it was possible to even work that tire into a, a like a race like, status, because there was no degradation from any of the tires. So maybe it should have been a softer tire compound for the weekend, because, like, Monza's, uh, Monza's like, I think it's, like, three miles or so, but it's a quick lap, and it's yeah. not that many laps in total. So, like, I don't know why everyone wasn't just running medium-soft the whole time. Like, I feel like people thought that they were going to get undercuts or, you know, blow past people through, you know, pit stops or whatever, but it just didn't work out that way. It was the fastest car on the, on the road one.
1: I think too, it's interesting. Cause this track is unlike any other on the calendar. And this is yeah. a new era of cars. They have the purpose built rear rear wing, which is weird. It's a low downforce track, which these cars are like kind of built for downforce right there. So I think I just think it's interesting. I'm, I'm. I don't want to say I'm like wondering about its future on the calendar, but I am wondering like what the strategy will look like next year for this track in particular. Just for how they're going to make the race. I don't want to say more exciting because there were some really good battles throughout the yes. race, um, which we're going to talk about, but. I feel I feel weird. I don't know if it was just the ending of the race. I don't know if it's because I woke up and the race was going on, which never happens <laughs> for
0: me. For once, for once, literally, I'm the I'm the late riser. So like, I don't know how I was on time for the race and you weren't, but you know.
1: I had I had a couple, couple of late nights. I had a couple of late nights recently and I guess I just I was like, no, I don't need to set an alarm this morning because I'm usually up at 7 o'clock at the latest. But today, I open my eyes at 9.02, and I was like, I still have another 58 minutes before before the lights are out.
0: <laughs> Time zones, man.
1: And I like it's open our movie. Google Doc of notes, and I see you typing away, and I'm like, man, this pre-race show is crazy. And then I'm like, wait, there's not a practice before the race. <laughs> like, why are... <laughs> How is Checo already going so fast right now? Like
0: (laughs) it's a little fast for a formation lap.
1: I know. (laughs) And then when I see, then when I saw that Max might be one of the first, the best first lap drivers we've ever seen, seven to three in one lap, and I'm like, yeah, no. Well,
0: to be fair, (laughs) I had to take a bathroom break, so I had to pause my TV, and then I became behind. So you finished the race before I did in the end.
1: Well, I have, I have a problem. I have, I have a problem. I, I cannot watch the race like as it's happening. I cannot watch it from the beginning because like if history is happening, I need to be a part of it. Like as it's going on, right? Like if I missed it, I missed it. I'll catch it. Like I'll rewind, watch it later at the end. But if you're telling me that like somebody just wrecked out, like if I had missed joe's joe's crash at silverstone if i had missed that like and i wasn't watching it live i think like i would be like oh my god like i, I can't believe i didn't see that even if i was yeah. only like three minutes behind it
0: <laughs> so what about what about today we lost um first we lost seb i believe
1: yeah yeah Seb was and then the first we time.
0: lost fernando Yep.
1: Yeah. and somehow i missed it <laughs> Somehow I missed why he was retiring the car.
0: I think it was, well, I mean, so he was getting passed on yeah. the the main street like he yeah. he came on the radio and he was like, "Is there something wrong?" like
1: Right, I, I heard no that.
0: Power. um and they were like, "No, it's it's fine. You're just you're slow as you're slow as dirt right now." So he was I think he was probably I think it was a mixture of him being frustrated with no power and it was probably um it had to be a mechanical issue. Yeah, I mean when um, I, I saw Lewis pass as,
1: him as easily as Lewis did, I'm right. like there's something there's something wrong with Nando. Something something's wrong.
0: And I think he even got passed by um like DeVries and things who is like yeah, sh- should be should be called up to the majors like I'm sorry. Like yeah. Nick DeVries like did it. And also not to give him like too much credit even though it is his first drive and it and it was wonderful. Um he lived up to the standard that Alex Albon has set for that vehicle. Yeah. This whole year. Oh so yeah. So yeah. it wasn't that he's like, you know, uh, like he's not a prodigy also. I think he's like 27 years old. Yeah. Um, he's a for- he's a EQ champion, I think, and I don't know his other his other championships, but yeah, he's, he's a he's Formula a 2 champion. Player. Yeah. Yeah, so Like, it's not like, obviously, it's surprising. You know, it's Formula One. It's your first, it's your first go around at Monza, no less, which is like you're basically flat out 90% of the time.
1: Yeah. You're at full Um, throttle 80% of the race.
0: And you're in a Williams, which is like, you know, Mercedes powered and has had its issues. But like, Alex has managed to like claw away at like four, four points or so. I think they were four before going into. Monza, and now they're at six because I think he only he grabbed two points.
1: He finished P nine. Yeah, he finished P yeah. nine, and he got driver of the day.
0: Right, so yeah. like, it's it's an impressive drive, but I think like that is where Williams should be. Williams oh, okay. is not obviously it, it's it's in the midfield, right? But I think mm-hmm. Williams is a is a team that could finish eighth and ninth or ninth and tenth consistently yeah. if yeah. they had consistent drivers driving both cars, which yeah. I'm very sorry to my neighbor in the north, Mr. Latifi, but, like, bro, this was embarrassing. Like, you were plumb last again.
1: Right, like, well, he did have... Okay, he did have a good battle with Mick, which, first of all, never should have happened. No, but you see him
0: so badly. Yes, he
1: did, he did. But the fact that it even had to happen is so frustrating for the Haas, is so yes. frustrating... That Haas is so slow on a straight line. When I was watching that, I'm like, I Mick is a Schumacher. He is going full. Th- you know, he's going full throttle. Like regardless of how we have to talk about how he has performed throughout this season, any any person in that who is driving at Monza on a straight is going full throttle. Any anyone. I mean, I would. You would. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Oh, in my and, oh in my F one twenty twenty one. Like, or in my Gran Turismo? Yeah. I run that to the ground. Oh, yeah. In my Mazda, day?
1: I am going full throttle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and so the fact that that battle even had to happen, I'm like, okay, where was the Haas that was that when it debuted this season, we were like, okay, like Haas could the be in power. The right. And then all the other cars were like oh, wait, this is what we have to do, and all the, you know, like, the rest of the field kind of, like, bumped up, and then you have Haas and Williams, like, still down at the bottom. It's, like, it ha- it's it has to be so frustrating, and then it has to be frustrating for Mick anyway, who doesn't know, I mean, maybe he does know his future, and, and we just don't know, but he cut ties with Ferrari. Like, it has to be so frustrating for Mick to be like, fucking Latifi, move out of the way.
0: Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I will say, though, it gave me a very, like, foreshadowing moment when, like, him and Latifi were fighting, and he broke so hard into turn one and, like, got it around, and then they fought all the way to, like, past the Parabolica and into the next chicane, and, like, eventually Mick came out on top, right? Great, great fighting. But I just sat there, and I was like, Wow. If this is any foreshadowing of his career in Formula One, like he will be more, as if not more, spectacular in the in the in the way of meaning, like bringing like driving to life and doing like unbelievable maneuvers on the yeah. racetrack where no one does that into turn one in Monza. If you're locking up into turn one, you're doing what George did on like lap one. You're 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 going to run off like yes. hopefully and hopefully not crash. Like he locked up both of his wheels at like 50 meters and threw that car around the chicane the way I've never seen. Oh, yeah. And that I was like I I'm getting goosebumps like talking about it. Like he is some he is someone who is not who doesn't deserve to leave Formula 1 much like a lot of a lot of people on this grid. And the why more teams are not like foaming at the mouth to pick him up. I have no idea why. Yeah. Like, I I don't think his immediate future was with Ferrari, but I also think, like, I think maybe it was just he was no longer a, a Ferrari, like, junior driver. He doesn't deserve to be a reserve driver, mm-hmm. and he doesn't deserve to be at the back of the midfield. So yeah. that's that.
1: I think right now there is so much talent in Formula One. There is so much talent... For those reserve drivers and the junior drivers, there's so... There is an insane amount of talent in Formula 2 right now. In Formula 2 and 3 right now. And so I think, in general, like, team managers... Or team principals, oh my god. (laughs) What am I talking, baseball? I think principals are foaming at the mouth at at all of the possibilities. I mean, (laughs) look at Alpine. They have, like, 400 possibilities. Who... Who knows what's going to happen to Alpine, right? But, like, there there are so many choices. I mean, Nico Hülkenberg is in talks for a replacement. I, f- I forget which team. He, he's in talks for just coming back into Formula One. And it's I like, Nico Hülkenberg, you have had your turn.
0: Yeah. And especially know. with, like, like Nick DeVries is probably on the older side, right? But we have Colin Herta. We have... um. Who just came in? Who was uh who's driving for uh Oscar Piastri. Like we have yeah. this new blood, and it seems like these younger guys can maneuver this car better. But yeah. so long as the established drivers, which I would even include Max in, like Max has been racing like very large names for a while. He's been winning recently, but he's been in Formula One for a second. Yeah. Um Lewis uh, Fernando, like these, like Fernando doesn't didn't have a car under him today. Yeah, Lewis kind of did, but didn't really. Like, it matters on the ma- it matters on the material, and then the driver adds its skill like on top. Yeah. Like, Max has a wonderful machine under him, and on top of that, he is, Emerald Lagasse, bam, 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 bam every single week. And yeah. that's just who he is. That's where it's that's where it gets closer to a fifty fifty like man and machine. Whereas yeah. like someone like say you know like Lando has the skill, didn't have the machine or didn't have the the team behind him today. You know
1: because he was driving things... the
0: rails off that car.
1: Yeah, and, and that's where I was. You can say the same thing for. Daniel Ricardo at Renault and here at McLaren. Daniel yeah. Ricardo is somebody who needs the machine to sing with him right. in full harmony for him to for him to perform. And I and I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think that's a bad thing because he is an eight-time race winner in Formula One, the height of motorsport. Like clearly the man is talented. Like the people who are commenting on his Instagram post, commenting on McLaren's Instagram Instagram post saying like he is washed, or he's, he's never been as talented as the rest of the grid. Like, who are you talking about? Who are you talking about? Yeah. This man was the only other race winner. When, As we were watching Sebastian Vettel, Lewis Hamilton, as we were watching Nico Roseberg, as we were watching these these legends win races, Seb he was it. the and only other person in contention.
0: And Seb said it too. Like, Seb, Seb was like, I... It was hard for me to be, like, racing against Daniel in the same car. Yeah. Like, put him in, like, put him in equal, true, truly equal machinery that's competitive. Daniel's going to be up there. Like, we saw him in the earlier parts of this race, like, be in contention.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I thought he was going to finish within the points. I thought, without a doubt, he was going to finish ahead of handle lando the second,
0: the second they made that strategy yeah. call of like can you try and you know
1: when you i heard and
0: that and like i'm sure he i'm sure he was down for it like i i don't think that's the thing too is like i think minus uh baku in what was it 2018 where he like collided with max which was oh, yeah. spectacular yeah. I, think, I think ever since he really left Red Bull, he's been a team player. Yeah. He was a team player at Renault. He's a team player at McLaren, like whether he likes it or not. Yeah. And he's good at it. How do you have such a gap? Call Lando in I know. and have Lando sit there for five seconds and then expect it to be hunky-dory when you, when you get off? Because Daniel was far past Lando when he came out and like Lando obviously fought back but like that should have been a no brainer he shouldn't even have had to have kept Pierre back that far
1: yeah
0: so long as the pit stop was gonna go perfectly
1: right and then like, you have a then you have the god awful pit stop you got Lando Norris sitting in the car like these are these are points in contention and, and
0: had... Amons, Amons is a, is a minute and like twenty seconds or something now
1: right. So like, you, lose, you lose three seconds in a pit stop. That means that your 20 second gap, which is how long it takes to do to get in and out of pit lane at Monza, it takes like around 20 seconds. So you turn that into 23, you've lost, you've five. lost numbers of positions.
0: Yeah. And you like, I guess, thank God for the, for the safety car at the end, because he came in at a point where he would have to drive like hell to get back and get past, you know, Daniel, and I'm sure that Daniel wasn't going to fight him and all of that which he ended up not fighting him at all. That is just adding insult to injury like he's sitting stationary and then he has to go out and and overtake like four people. He has to go past that whole like DRS train. He basically had then Lewis Hamilton squeezes him at turn one, like a rookie.
1: Oh Yeah. And he's like,
0: Oh, you can just stay right there. You're not going to get I'm going to get around you and Nick. Sorry, have a good, have a good time. You, you stay back and enjoy your, you know, your TV dinner, Lando. Like, it really looks like he was like a rookie again, which he's apparently not. He's the top, he's the top dog at McLaren and he talks like it. It's not giving, it's not giving like champions of the midfield. You know what I mean? Like they're fighting with Alpine, but it's, it doesn't seem like it's a team effort
1: also say you're fighting with Alpine like, yeah very closely you are, too. you are McLaren and I will always be oh you mean McLaren. it like that <laughs> that is what I mean no that is what I mean I, I mean you are McLaren and and I've I've said this I think I, I've been a McLaren fan for a long time right because of history and because I my dream cars are McLarens right but you yeah. are McLaren and you are sitting there fighting with alpine you are alpine fighting with the government of france
0: alpine and haas and like it's not worthy of like you know it are the battles on on the on the track great in the midfield yes they're very close it's awesome but like when you hammer out the points and you hammer out like where they actually land we all know about williams and haas that's great aston martin is sad
1: it's a disaster. I literally wrote Martin today. should
0: be sold to Porsche. If yeah. Porsche truly really wants to come into Formula One, give Lawrence Stroll a call. And I guarantee you, after this year, it like I'm sure that there's a number for him. Because that it has been embarrassing to watch that green car, which is so pretty and so beautiful, driven by none other than Sebastian Vettel. Yeah. And, you know, Lance Stroll. But like, I, I think Esteban Ocon is better than Lance Stroll. So we're yeah. gonna... That's yeah. a bygone. Everything was so perfect. It's so beautiful. So pristine on the face. And then you see it race. And it is sad. Like, I'm, it's not it's not. Right.
1: It's a job. It. Here. You're Make driving that you're a job Porsche here. And
0: call it a, and call it a day. Like, I think it's the, I think it's the curse of racing point Force India. I think we need to outlaw Uh, driver dads who just so happen to be billionaires. Because it didn't work out with the Russian consort. It's not really working out with the Canadian consort either. And now uh, you know, both sides of Canada, wherever they're from, Lawrence and, well, Stroll and Latifi. I don't know where, I don't know if they went to, they probably went to boarding school together. One thing that I did want to talk about too, and I don't know if this is like, you know, because they were wearing yellow today, and not to, you know, just shit on Ferrari for no reason, but...
1: There's a reason.
0: <laughs> here's my reason. <laughs> they, I, I don't remember if it was a Charles or a Carlos pit stop. It doesn't matter. It's the mm-hmm. same team. You treat your drivers, in my opinion, at, at the pit stop, you treat them equally. Yeah. Why was I watching television and I see a sea of yellow Minions. minions. And they are sauntering out to the pit lane yeah. like it is a actual Sunday morning and not a race day. Yeah. Run from your seat to the pit lane and be ready.
1: Well, first of all...
0: You guys don't bring the right tires. I'm not done. I'm, I was <laughs> angry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you bring wrong tires. You, you don't hit wheel guns like some Like, your pit stops ha- this year, at least, have not been, you know, Ferrari perfection. No. Why are you walking? Red Bull, Red Bull, Mercedes. When they call a driver into the pits, they are all there. They get up and they run.
1: They're doing. Run. It is your home
0: race. It doesn't mean that you that you're that you're like supposed to be. You know, chill about it.
1: Okay. First of all, Gru has higher standards. (laughs) Yes, he does. And Mattia Binotto, when it comes to efficiency.
0: Those minions would have
1: already been out there before the first Ferrari pit crew member sauntered out there. Okay, so let's just, we have to stop with the minion analogy. Second of all, at the end of the race, I just have to say, my roommate Julia comes strolling down the stairs. You know, she's like, oh, the race is going on. I'm like, there's two laps left. Yeah, like, we're finishing yet. under our safety car. It's all gone of shit. And I'm, I'm, like, sitting, like, sweating, watching this on the, on the couch. And she, like, is, like, strolling in with her bagel. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> we, watch, we watch them get out of the cars after they, like, drive in. And uh, she's, watching, she's <laughs> watching Charles. And she goes, he looks like a DHL. That's it. That's all she said.
0: Which is messed up because their sponsor is Amazon. I don't think they're sponsored <laughs> by DHL. Let's fact check this.
1: Uh, yeah, I think it's Amazon Web Services that they're that they're sponsored by. I
0: think DHL sponsors, uh, like Formula One.
1: One, yeah. I don't. But think she's that like, he looks like a one. DHL. She didn't even say DHL courier. She didn't say vehicle. She just said a DHL. That's it. That's the mood for Ferrari. I mean, recently,
0: like, okay, so if we're talking colors and Ferraris, like we love the classic red, right? But I loved the year when they did. Um, I forget the exact lo- the the exact name of the color like in Italian or whatever, yeah. but they ran a darker red car, I believe, last year the year before. Beautiful, yeah. Ferrari yellow, beautiful. But yeah. why not just wrap the whole car in yellow? Why was it just? It just seemed like eh, and like they did all the team kit, whatever. Like McLaren has people dressed in yellow because of DeWalt, yeah. Like stand out like i don't know I, it's also yeah. like that weird thing of like it's your home race and it's an anniversary a la mercedes, mercedes. at silverstone where they were all dressed from like the 1930s and it just didn't when there really were blinders
1: right.
0: yeah sorry and sorry guys of, i'm sorry i don't mean it but like yeah. it, we instead all of gouging
1: other people's eyes out they were the ones that got wrecked
0: <laughs> right we really have watched up until this point so like i think this is a good point not only, like, to finally start, start this podcast, but to also, like, reflect on where we are right now. Because we're looking at a championship that will be most likely decided next week. Yeah. Or not next week, the week after. Next race, essentially. Yeah. Max can win the championship in Singapore if he, if he wants to. Right. Um, you never know. He might just, like, crash in qualifying and be like, you know, let's, let's, like, drag this out. But I really don't think I don't foresee that happening. And I think that we can talk about the sport now with like that knowledge and also like what's going to happen to people's attitudes after Max gets crowned.
1: Right. Like, are we
0: going to fight? Are we going to keep fighting? Are we just going to give up? Because it just seems like everyone, like not everyone, but like it's hearkening back to when Lewis was weeks ahead of everyone in terms of points like he You know, it's it's signed, sealed and delivered for Max right now. So I wonder if that's going to change. Like, I wonder if that's going to deflate the the balloon of Ferrari and then Mercedes fights for for second place. And then who slots into like Ferrari will slot into third and then who comes after.
1: I think that's a great point. And and I think there was so much excitement about this season not only because of the controversy of the end of abu dhabi but i think we were also excited to see it, a change in how formula one seasons went we were excited to see it like a mixed up field but i think in the past for this entire season we've known who was going to win the race it was either going to be max or one of the ferrari boys we knew
0: up to a point yeah
1: Well, right. Like, I mean, we were we were a little confused, like when Max kept DNFing (laughs) when the Red Bulls were blowing up. But once that was sorted, we're like, did that
0: happen this year? Can
1: you believe it? Can you believe it? That after after the cars just failing (laughs) to be cars, Max is still going to win the championship.
0: That's actually crazy to think about.
1: And that's that's when I say, like, obviously Red Bull is not my favorite team. Obviously, Max is not my favorite driver. But when I say that, like, I he might be my favorite driver. Like, I he is my favorite driver to watch yes. as somebody who loves driving. Yes. Like as somebody who aspired to be a race car driver, who yes. grew up with one. Watching Max Verstappen race is the most satisfying thing. And And it's, like, I almost out of principle, like, out of, like, who I am as a human being that I don't want to root for Max and Red Bull as much as I love Red Bull. (laughs) The drink. Like, everything about me screams that I should be in a Red Bull kit right now. I've said it before. Lewis was born to be special. Lewis was born to make a difference. He was born to break barriers, to cause a stir, like, to win. And to, like... And to just be larger than life. Yeah. But Max Verstappen was born to drive. Yeah. That man is doing exactly what he was put on this earth to do. And and that's what, that's all he's doing. Right.
0: (laughs) I have grown up with, you know, I've been fortunate enough to have Mercedes around me my whole life. And just with that, like, comes, you know, oh, and by the way, we like to win at Formula One, and we like to win, in, you know, electric racing, and we like to, whatever. That being said, um, this year, and this race particularly, despite, you know, the safety car finish and all of that, I wrote down in the notes, like, I, I think I'm in love with Max Verstappen now. I think he is our generation's Senna, Schumacher, Hamilton, because if we want to, like, I don't want us to ever say because Lewis Hamilton is my number one. George Russell is my number two. They always will be. I'll always root for Mercedes. Right. Um, I'm practical though. Um, this is Max. This is Max's championship um, this year. As long as he finishes his remaining races at all, he's, right. he's winning it. Um, right. So I'm practical in that regard. But to watch him, like you said, is so electric. He is our generation's senna schumacher hamilton like he is a name in formula one it is remarkable what he does yeah and to be honest i think his attitude has started to shift and like i think i saw him pre-race and they were they were basically like egging him on to like say something like cocky or whatever and he was like He, he, he was really like, not that it was like a media training or anything. It was just, he said, we don't need to win anymore, but we want to win. He recognizes where he's at and he understands like, yeah, I've dominated this whole thing, but he's not treating it like his rookie season. Like, oh yeah, I deserve this. Uh, Like, obviously we want it. And I think with that, we should take a quick little break.
1: I think so too. All right. We'll be back after a word (laughs) from our sponsors.
0: And after a drink of Red Bull.
1: Exactly. And we're back. And we're back. Welcome back to Mirror Drive. We just talked about Max Verstappen and what an icon he is, even though it's hard for us to say that. But yeah, one one last thing about Monza before we, before we move on. Um, we both predicted the race outcomes, or we had our own predictions. And I got the top four. And then I had, who did I have after that? So
0: you had top four... A hundred percent, which was Max, Charles, George, Carlos. And then you put Perez and Daniel Ricardo. That
1: was yeah, that was a wild card.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, mine also was like we were just saying like you didn't want yours to be right, and I wanted mine to be right, and I don't know which one's worse (laughs) depending because of the outcome. So I, I originally wanted Charles, Carlos, Ferrari one two at home. Yeah. Uh, And then Max, then George, then Lewis, then Checo didn't work out for me quite at all. Um,
1: Yeah. I'm happy about George
0: getting on the podium for Mercedes.
1: Right. Right.
0: I'm happy that it's a mixed podium. I think that's fun to look at for sure. Yeah. Uh,
1: Aesthetics wise. (laughs) Optics.
0: Yeah. It's nice. Um. And also, you know, I'm at the Austrian and the Netherlands uh, national anthems. They're growing on me i'm getting used to it
1: we're hearing them better for worse i'm getting used to it well now to me it just sounds like to me it's like that's that's like the the podium song yeah i mean i think that this is a lesson in manifesting for me
0: i think you should play the lottery for sure today
1: (sighs) today i mean just buy a a ticket i mean why not i was talking about this at work the thing that broke me anxiety wise i think was the mega millions drawing I wanted it so bad. I was really, I was writing it in my journal. I was doing all the manifestation things. Oh yeah. And then what do you know? I don't get it. So I had, so a, I think I it's had a
0: promise to split it three ways with my, uh, my buddies from college. We we're yeah. going to split a billion dollars three ways. And, you know,
1: Easy hopefully to do. money changes people, you know, it really, it really does. But then what happens when you all have the money, then I think it stays the same.
0: if, The Real Housewives of any city can tell us, get a lot of people with a lot of money in one room and, you know, you never know.
1: Speaking of all the money in the world, Julia and I, and I sent you a very, very unhinged voice memo about this.
0: As we tend to do.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's what's really brought us into this whole podcasting thing. (laughs) Seriously. The quality of these voice memos. Quality (laughs) and volume. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Quality and quantity.
1: (laughs) I'm sitting with Julia on the couch and I'm explaining to her first of all, I've I've introduced my roommate Julia to the world of motorsport, of of cars. She she can and now recognize yeah, she she can recognize an Audi on the road and she's hey. like she said that she saw a McLaren uh the other day while watching Selling the O. C. And I was like, You probably did, you're probably right. Yeah. Um so she, all right, she's she knows infected we got her well she knows tire stress like she's starting to talk about like softs versus mediums and i'm like girl you get it you get it
0: yes i love this i
1: was explaining to her how i was almost gonna go for work to the austin gp and how i bought a hotel room just for saturday into sunday just to have somewhere to stay like if if it did actually pan out i had at least one night booked up and so I hadn't paid for it yet. It was, it was under my, my work credit card, but then, you know, that ended up falling through. So I changed it to my personal credit card and I still have this, like to, as, to this day, I still have this hotel room in Austin, like ready to go just in case.
0: As of today, which is September 11th,
1: which, mm, yeah, September 11th, yeah, <laughs> we're going to wiggle it in there somehow. Yeah.
0: 9-11, we got the queen dead. We yeah. have a new thing in England. From, USA, you know, USA, the king of england is essentially the president of formula one because they invented it
1: yeah yeah so that's fun i wonder fun, i wonder but, how uh, charles feels about about motorsport well because we know that his mother was an avid he was a fan
0: she was a fan I, I she was a land that.
1: rover loyalist
0: yeah um bentley.
1: yeah bentley yeah as so... well.
0: bentley bentley built her her what what we know as the Beast, which is like a president head of head of state card, she has a pretty badass. I saw today it's worth like eleven million dollars each of her limousines, and she got them in like maroon red, which is like mm-hmm. it's such like an old lady like fuck you color like yeah red with like maroon red with tan interior and like no yeah. tint on the glass like might as well be driving in like South Florida but right it reminds me of like. England.
1: Up here when we see like the maroon Porsche Macans and we're and I'm like
0: that is
1: that is like a mom who is sometimes a real estate agent.
0: See, like I think the Massachusetts version of that would probably be like an older, like like I'm talking like a two thousands like Lexus L S in red with like tan interior, you know, because it's like it's still a Toyota, but it's like it's got wood on the steering wheel, so it's like a little bit of a status symbol. Okay. That's what I think. But enough about the Queen and enough about okay. the day. Um, so you're gonna go are you gonna go? No, we're to not office? going. Okay, yeah, back we're to the story. There. So
1: so okay. we're we're not going. We had this incredibly unhinged week where we were we were every single night when we both got home from work we were like, Are we going? We saw like the hospitality packages and for like twenty five hundred bucks, we could get a motel for four nights. It would be it would include all three days. And for her, like, she was really excited about the Green Day and Ed Sheeran concerts that it included tickets to. And I'm like, of course you are. And so um, I say that with, like, a signed Ed Sheeran guitar hanging on my wall right here. But she was so excited about this. But then, like, I think over time, like, the $3,000 price point for her that included flights, I think it was like a... Oh, that's like a down payment on a car. Like... <laughs> yeah and and then i was like i don't have you know i i have a house so like i need as much money as i can like to have a safety net in case like it burns down so i think we decided not to go we we got our marbles collected yeah (laughs) and i think
0: that and that's like me too so like i i'm recently graduated from law school i'm like trying to pass the bar exam Mm-hmm. It's not going yeah. well. It's not very fun. As no one as like everyone can imagine. It's obviously yeah. not fun. But I'm currently fun employed. Given the prices of these things and, and like you said, it it you know, if you're going for the whole weekend and you get to, go to the concerts and all that stuff, like it it is it is a down payment. Yeah. And also like I wanna go to a race and like really have the whole experience. Like I don't yeah. wanna go and half ass it. And, like, I'm not saying, like, I, you know, I want to have, like, a media pass or anything like that, even though I would love it. Even though, like, we do. You know, I don't want my first, you know, race to be just Sunday grandstand and stuck without cell service and Wi-Fi and all that stuff. And, you know, in the blazing heat, I'm sure of either right. miami or vegas or even silverstone can get hot you know wherever yeah. wherever my first race is i want it to be like a full the full experience which comes at a hefty premium it's a I'm- it's a dream for sure but it's not and also we kind of get shafted to being in the states like we only have austin and my Mi- well we only had have, have austin miami this year austin miami and las vegas next year but like like you said like getting a hotel in las vegas for that for that race next year is going to be next to impossible.
1: As soon uh, as we know the dates, we got to go ahead and book. Like if we don't have to like i'm ha- going to use yeah, my they're
0: they're doing a a lottery for for tickets right. soon to like to be able to purchase them, but i can only right. imagine what they are considering like how much how much it was in miami and how like it just skyrocketed everything it's almost like it was almost like an like the ultra music festival weekend for miami
1: i am never gonna pay my own money to go to miami you you cannot (laughs) catch me only right you cannot catch me like willingly in that city like temp like humidity i I don't thrive in humidity if i have to be fully clothed like if if i can be in a you know walking around in a bathing suit, like if there's a real marina, and I'm chilling, lounging on South Beach, whatever. You're, you want me on asphalt in Miami where it rains every single day at two o'clock.
0: And you're also nowhere near the ocean where that track is. You Next are up, in you're in inland Florida, like inland. You're right. not on South Beach. You're right. not even on the coast. Like, There are no water views. There's no, there's no breeze.
1: You want us there? You, you want me to pay money to pay obscene amounts of money when it's Uh, 85 with a dew point of 97%. Like,
0: yeah. Austin would be fun though.
1: Austin, Austin is at the right time of year. So that would, that would be fun. I think, I think Vegas, if we can swing, it would be an experience.
0: Let's talk about nascar let's talk about the other formulas let's talk about you wanted to talk about indycar let's
1: talk about indycar because let's do it. the finale of the indycar uh ntt championship is today 3 p.m eastern by the time you hear this it will have already happened but this season has been interesting i've been watching kind of from afar um, and if you're a Formula One fan, you'll love IndyCar and how they distribute points. And you'll also love it because we have some IndyCar... Or we have some Formula One icons that are participating in IndyCar this year. So I I think... I'm just going to talk quickly about the top two to compare Will Power and Josef, Joseph Newgarden. Joseph Newgarden is only 20 points behind Will Power. But Will Power being like being ranked number one in the IndyCar standings is fascinating to me because the man has only won one race, but he is consistently in the top five. He's consistently in the top 10. He is one of the only drivers to, to, have, no, to have no DNFs. There's only, there's only a few that haven't, uh, that haven't had any DNFs. Um, he hasn't led the most amount of laps, but because of his consistency and because he hasn't DNFed, the man has completed, like, more laps than most people. And so he's leading the championship, which mm-hmm. is just, like, to me, is just so interesting, like, for how it all comes together, right? And then, I mean, Will Power is a legend. He's won the Indy 500. He, Like I said, very consistent driver. But then, speaking of people who have won the Indy 500, we have Marcus Erickson who is currently p P4 in the TV Indy standings. So, Marcus Erickson, our icon, he won the Indy, the Indy 500. He's not as consistent in the top 5, but he's fairly consistent in the top 10. Like, it's so interesting. Like, Roman Grosjean, he is P13 in the championship, like, even though he has not had that good of a season. Um, but you'll also see a lot of uh, formula one like junior drivers or like uh development drivers pato award is probably familiar for the mclaren fans let's see who else do we have we have have um callum illett in here who's who's been like in the i lot yeah i lot and then you have like i mean think about it you have juan pablo montoya okay you have helio castroneves Jimmy Johnson to bring us to NASCAR. Jimmy Johnson transferred yeah. into IndyCar. He pivoted over there after basically dominating NASCAR for like his entire time in the in the Cup series. The man is a talented, talented driver. He's driven a Formula One car before, uh when he did a he did a workshop a marketing thing with Fernando Alonso when Fernando oh, yeah. was leaving McLaren. He did like like they swapped cars, so nando drove his yeah 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 nando drove his cup car and that was that
0: didn't he drive it at monaco or something
1: i don't know i I know that they did this one there's um, a lot of
0: like you're saying there's a lot of sharing let's just say or there's more sharing i think between indycar and formula one than people think
1: right i mean the car, it's open, it's open wheel racing. Indy cars are really interesting cars. And they did, I think they introduced the, the physical windscreen this year, which is, which is interesting too. Like the cars go fast and when you're not on a road track or a road course and you're just on an oval track, you can fly in Indy cars. It's incredibly dangerous in my opinion. and And the wrecks are, the wrecks are usually kind of scary looking. Yeah,
0: it seems like they go and, like, they can catch more, they catch air, I feel like, similar, mm-hmm. like, how I feel like when you see, for example, like, the Formula E races, when those crashes yeah. are gnarly,
1: Yeah, and, yeah. like,
0: sometimes, like, because, you know, they're carrying a lot of speed, and it's not, like, I feel like Formula One cars are designed to break in a specific way, where it kind yeah. of just gets out of the way, save for, you know, Zhou Guan Yu's crash where he was hanging upside down or
1: yeah which no. was the fault of alfa romeo's design that right. was that was their fault with their with their halo and their um roll, yeah their roll i think design. at first
0: glance like Indy seems like it would be safer because of that windscreen and stuff but crashes Your on an oval are, are on another level like yeah. nascar crashes are they, they are notoriously scary. like deadly and they look yeah. deadly like
1: it- yeah. Balls
0: of fire like you know Romain Grosjean is is you know he is the man who walked from fire it's pretty gnarly I would say and we and I think we see it more in those other categories than we do in Formula One and Formula One it's like not as prevalent
1: and when it's bad in Formula One it's bad I, I think the the level like I think there's usually like different ends of the spectrum, but but Formula One crashes like kind of fall on either end. But I right. think in the other right. series, it's truly they, could, they could
0: shatter their front wing, come in, get it fixed, and go right back out.
1: It's it's so dangerous in these NASCAR Cup cars that go as fast as they do. I haven't been to a Cup Series race in a really really long time. Like this actually might be, might have been my first actual cup like uh like cup series championship race and i went up to new hampshire which is a very short track so i can't even imagine what it's like at some place like michigan which is a huge huge oval track the speed that these cars carry just because they're not going through like crazy chicanes like they're not going through crazy series of turns and and they can carry their speed a lot more like the speed that they are carrying is insane as you're standing yeah. there Next to the track, when I got down out of my seat and I'm standing next to the track, I was shocked to see how fast these cars are moving.
0: And they're keeping it consistent. Yeah. They're driving at yeah. pick a number, but right. their cars are revving at like 8,000, 9,000 RPM for like hours for a long time. I would say they're more not delicate, but like if something goes wrong on a NASCAR car. It's devastating. Like, if you have, if your arrow gets messed up or you lose part of your, like, rear diffuser or whatever, like, you lose, like, a mirror or, like, anything. You can suffer the consequences, I feel like, more greatly than someone having a bad first lap. Like incident and losing a front wing and having to come in and pit and they're going right out. You can see it with NASCAR not being really able to race in the rain, like well, Formula one, They go so fast. You in a hurricane and be like, well, you know, slow down. You got well, wet tires. Okay. But, you know, slow down.
1: Well, then we can talk about Watkins Glen with Kimi Raikkonen, his his NASCAR debut yeah. for Trackhouse Racing, which is trying to bring international racing stars to. To NASCAR to kind of like bring in more international audiences, international interests, the man drove a beautiful, beautiful NASCAR debut drive, and and you can see Daniel Kvyat also he's driving uh I, f- I forget what team he's driving for, but he's, he's driving on uh, on road courses for NASCAR, which are which NASCAR road races are chaotic because yeah. these drivers they are they are at the height of their field for over, oval track, right like The whole field shakes up when it comes to to road courses. And I think that's when you really see like who's a like the driving talent, just the just regular driving talent you see on the road courses. So Kimi Raikkonen, he absolutely crushed it. But he's also one of the only drivers that has ever driven before this in the wet on a road course. Yeah. So he had that advantage. So I'm listening to the commentators on NBC. And they're saying, does Kimmy Raikkonen actually have a shot of like winning this race?
0: Because he was running, he was running in the top 20. I think he was in the top. He got 10 to at one I think point. he got up to P5. Yeah. He got up
1: to P5 at one point. And then like, he got I mean,
0: we know, we know, we love Kimmy. Kimmy's no bullshit. Kimmy will drive mm-hmm. whatever you tell him to drive. I feel like if you even put him on a motorcycle, he, he could figure that out too.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: He he's not to be he's not to be you know, yeah. underestimated.
1: Yeah. And um, I forget if it was Chase Elliott or, um, it wasn't Chase Elliott, but it, it was one of the younger guys who was, who was driving. And, and he's, he's been in the, he's been in the series for a little bit. He's, he's not a rookie anymore, but <laughs> like Kimi Raikkonen is in front of him and he's trying to pass him. And you can just hear the commentators being like, this kid has no idea what to do with Kimi Raikkonen. Cause Kimi's <laughs> blocking him. Like, it was, um, Kimmy's racing. Kim- Kimmy was racing and it was just so classic to see this kid behind him. Like just, just trying all, all the moves that this kid knows to try to get by Kimmy and Kimmy eventually let it, let him, um, go past. I think the kid just had more speed. It's just a better car, but it was just great, great to watch Kimmy racing again. And, and I don't know what his schedule is going to be like with Trackhouse if they're going to have him back racing again, but um...
0: I mean, selfishly for <laughs> yeah, me, yeah. like I'm admittedly a more of a novice when it comes to NASCAR, Indy, like all of the other categories, yeah. right? Yeah. But I've watched Kimmy for a while. I It was just fun for me to watch Watkins Glen and watch that entire grid of NASCAR drivers have to drive with Kimmy Raikkonen. That to me was so cool because they were all just like, Who the fuck is this crazy guy? And we're used to him. We've seen all of his antics. We know what it's like. We know how he how he is on the radio. Like we love him for who he is. I think he had the most fun ever. He he, you know, was his normal Kimmy self in interviews, but it just seemed like he wanted, like he was excited to to do that, having fun. Like he was just like, yeah, you know, it's it's a race. This is what I'm doing today, and like that's how he wakes up and lives his life. And Mm -hmm. I love that. It oh, was yeah. it was wonderful to watch all of these people who are so used to driving a certain way have this kind of renegade come out of nowhere and like be in the top and like make other people's lives more difficult. Like Kimmy, mm-hmm. it does not race like just for fun. Like not to win. Like obviously, I don't think he he thinks he's a contender for anything. But like yeah. if he's out and he's driving that car on track. Up and until he crosses the line, or like in Watkins Glen where he like crashed he out, out, he's he's gonna he's gonna drive and he's going to you know not he's not gonna let you pass him easily. Yeah, yeah. like he, he took a wrong he took a wrong line, and that was also kind of his. I think that one of was his issues so was he funny. was taking he was taking Formula One racing lines yeah. in a different car, and like it it was a, it's an it's an adaptation, and that's yeah, great. Didn't realize. That's why it was so fun to watch everyone yeah. react to like oh wow he's going he's going deep into this corner like right on the curb coming out like doing non yeah. nascar lines and i thought that that was fun to watch
1: yeah there's there's just something so cool about seeing the crossover between the different series and the different car styles i i want to see more of it i think as i think as the u.s gets more integrated into formula one culture i think we'll start to see a lot more crossover which is i think could also bring more more american activity in formula three and formula two which would be really really cool to see i mean logan sargent is killing it but um, Mm -hmm. it would be awesome to see more americans take take place and or participate in formula two and formula three even if they never get to formula one like at the level that you know dutch (laughs) dutch or german drivers get um yeah it it would still be really really nice to see that so
0: yeah and i mean i think that's just another part of our 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 american fight at the Eurocentricism of motorsports sometimes like where you know they're kind of like oh well you guys have nascar you you know, you don't have to worry about it. And we're kind of like, but we want you know us, we want it all. Give us yeah. more. Supersize it, please. Yeah. Um, we
1: want to go fast too.
0: <laughs> we love going fast, man. Yeah. And like um yeah, I I agree. Seeing seeing an American flag on an American driver on a grid is is great. Like Yeah. Um we haven't had it in Formula One for year like decades yeah and like you know we have haas as you know a you know pseudo-american team they do you know have their factory in england and all that but like
1: yeah.
0: it's you know we're not we're just like gene haas we're not satisfied with where haas f1 is at the moment like haas haas mm. also participates in other series yeah like you know and, and you know haas do racing. Do well so
1: yeah
0: I, you know, I think the potential is obviously there. The demand is clearly there. There are people like us from the states who are talking about it. Yeah. Um, and you know,
1: well, Kevin, what's your take on Andretti getting into Formula One?
0: So I don't really know Mario Andretti like that well. I know that he is, like, from what I can tell, he's a shit stirrer, right? I think that he's trying to get into the sport. Um and like as we've seen it, like if you have the pockets, you know, like you're a Lawrence Stroll or um a Dimitri uh mazepin or you know anyone can buy into the sport it seems like. Like Haas yeah. went from having having uh you know in order for them to sign Schumacher, they had to sign German sponsors. In order for yeah. them to have Nikita, they had to have his dad's company on the car. Um, you know, other kind of pay, pay-to-play pay situations, I think it's just, it's it comes with the territory. Yeah, I don't think he has to replace another team. I right. don't think that, I, I think that there's no point in saying like it's only 10 teams. Like there have been more than 10 teams in the past. Yeah. Um, just like there have been more or less races in a season. I think you have to just take each season as it comes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't think he's going to be any more disruptive than Gene Haas thought he was going to be. You know? You no,
1: know, There is something about the Andrettis that's like really unhinged. <laughs> and like they have the Italian American spirit that they need to to really stir shit up. And I think if you're gonna let Audi have a team, then you need to let Michael Andretti and his kids have a team.
0: Yeah, because like and also like it it adds to, you know, since it's since it's an Italian American company, team, whatever, like, are they gonna buy their engine from Ferrari? And if so, like who are we to say that Ferrari should not get the benefit of having an a, another engine like supply cu- customer yeah. like with like Audi like Audi's owned by Volkswagen you know like is right. Volkswagen gonna get involved like clearly like the parent companies are kind of letting because you know Audi Porsche are kind of doing their own thing but they're I think they're both owned right. by Volkswagen but, you know, so yeah. it's kind of like are we are we going to limit the number of seats that are available because we want whoever's building engines to only to keep their business or should we kind of open it up, especially since we have opened it up to people with large pockets and large sponsors, why not invite them in and bring, bring more business, bring more eyes, bring more brands. Like there's always there. I feel like there's still room for growth and I don't think that we should stop at Andretti just because, you know, a couple of tweets go out about him and his antics. (laughs)
1: I agree. I think that's a good place to stop before our break, or for our break.
0: Yeah. All right.
1: We will be back.
0: We will be (laughs) right back. (laughs) And we are back. Welcome back to the uh, final part of our first episode of the Mirror Drive podcast. Again, we have Mm -hmm. been your illustrious and informative and um hilarious hosts hopefully Beautiful. um Allison Kohler and Kevin Birchall um yeah so we've talked about Italy we've talked about F1 Indycar NASCAR and I alluded it to the to this in the beginning but we are going to do something here um kind of like a compare contrast of Netflix's Drive to Survive, which uh, chronicles F1, and has been since the uh, 2018 season, um, and is still going on. And with the new found, um competitor, I guess you could say, mm. to Drive to Survive, which is called Race for the Championship. So Race for the Championship is... A USA network show that is going to basically do the same thing as Drive to Survive and chronicle the season, uh talk about the drivers, give their histories. Um, so basically it's uh so it's every Thursday, uh 10 PM. We're gonna kind of do it in bits and bursts because who watches T V on when it's live? Um, besides on race day, of course, and besides uh Game of Thrones, which is later tonight. I have watched the first episode, and the first episode talked about, you know, basically what NASCAR is. It's very like cinematically shot. It's very similar to Drive to Survive in that way. It's a beautifully shot show. But the difference between the major difference that I noticed was, you know, the difference between streaming and cable television. Mm-hmm. So editing, commercials, right. Um, even like storylines and plots and things like that are. A little bit more watered down, I would say, than the raw yet edited version of uh, Drive to Survive. So, obviously, they're allowed to swear in Drive to Survive. They're not allowed to swear on USA Network and Race for the Championship. But, first episode, I thought was generally cool. It was good to, it was a good entree into kind of what they're going to do. And I hope that it's more of a, I think I hope it includes like drive to survive recaps and it, you can kind of watch the whole season of racing in the show. Um, so the first episode I, I met Joey Logano. I met um, Daniel Suarez and I met Kyle Larson. So Joey Logano, Kyle Larson, obviously big names, huge names in NASCAR. I believe Kyle Larson is the more prodigal type, where he's won. He, I, I believe he's reigning, he's reigning champion of the Cup Series. We meet Kyle Larson. We meet his family. We meet Joey Logano. We meet his family, and actually Joey Logano has a great like first episode where it's um, it's the uh, co- the LA Coliseum race. Oh, and which I I've never heard of. Too. I saw it. It looked very dangerous. It is yeah. literally a NASCAR race on the grounds of the LA Coliseum, which I think is mostly used for football, like American yeah. football, um, like USC, Rose Bowl, thing. things like that. Or yeah. I think the Rose Bowl is its own thing, but it was crazy. And he was actually expecting the a birth of his child the same weekend. Mm. And he ended up, winning, I believe, that race. Um, And the way that they bumped and grinded and, like, it, the show did a good kind of introduction into his perceived, like, villain character in NASCAR because they really kind of made him out to be, like, this rough and tough, like, I'll push you off of the track in order to win type of guy.
1: Okay.
0: Whereas Kyle Larson was kind of shown as to be, like, Fundamental and clean and quick, yeah. and he can drive any car. Yeah. Um, kind of like you know David and Goliath type of yeah. type Kyle of Arson situation. Has a great reputation. Yeah. So I thought that that was a cool, cool entree into the, into those two and kind yeah. of how. Not like obviously, you know, there are way more characters in NASCAR than Formula One, but. Mm-hmm. It kind of set them up to be like, okay, who's the Max and who is the the Lewis right. to kind of compare it to that. So I would think people would draw comparisons between Kyle Larson and Lewis Hamilton in terms of fundamental cleanness, champion, all that.
1: Interesting. And then,
0: you know, Max Verstappen being more aggressive and doing whatever to win. And, you know, obviously having the the raw talent and like the tenacity to kind of go after it.
1: If, like that's the intention or like if that's what people are going to take from it that is very interesting as somebody who least, as somebody who knows like that yeah is-
0: see that, so that's how i took it as being like yeah. a formula one fan watching this i was like okay so like this guy one guy is more boisterous and one guy like one guy like leaves it out all on track one guy you know is more kind of reserved and clean or whatever um and then they had kind of the wild card of um Daniel Suarez who is a who is a Mexican born driver um and how you know he is kind of like he, he he's a trailblazer in in NASCAR you know he he flies the American or the sorry the Mexican flag
1: yeah.
0: um like like Sergio Perez I'm sure that like there's some sort of camaraderie around there we don't really see right. many many you know drivers at at this level coming from Mexico or making it out um and it talked about how he basically like sacrifice sacrificed like this he he was you know the Beyonce of 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 cup racing in Mexico right and you know kind of hit a ceiling and was like I need to go and try and figure this out in, in the states came from super duper humble beginnings. They talked about how he like, you know, would go and just eat cereal, breakfast, lunch and dinner, like being a part of a of a smaller like NASCAR team. Suarez's team um it's is
1: House, right?
0: Yeah, it's yeah. a it's a driver owner team. And, so they have car and number one, you car should know the one. other
1: owner of Trackhouse Racing. You should know the other owner. You're going to die. Is no, you're. It's, it's a wild card. Pitbull.
0: Oh, oh yes. Okay. Yes. Pitbull <laughs> was in the episode. Now, because I watched the episode a while ago. Yes. Pitbull was in the episode. Mr. Too. Worldwide. <laughs> yeah. So Mr. Worldwide, um, is in, uh, is in NASCAR. We love it. Yeah. Justin Marks. Yeah. I just thought that it was a great kind of introduction to them. It so. To draw another comparison, I feel like Trackhouse is to uh, NASCAR what uh, Haas was in the early stages mm-hmm. of Drive to Survive. At least okay. in the beginning of of Drive to Survive, like you know, Haas was the underdog American team, small right. team, small right. budget, right. Um, one major name as the owner, kind right. of you know. Having it all on the line, and especially with Justin Marks as being the owner and also a racer, it's it's a crazy like dynamic to have.
1: I I now want to watch it because the the driver owner dynamic is so interesting, especially if the driver drives for another team. So Bubba Wallace's team, right? It's not his, it's not his team, but Michael Jordan's team with. Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin drives for a different team, but he owns mm-hmm. another one. So that that adds a whole other level of of complexity to to the relationship between owner and driver. That is so. That is so interesting. Daniel Suarez is somebody to me who's like, he's definitely stuck out as someone who has potential in the Cup Series. And yeah. and how great is it to have international drivers in NASCAR? It's awesome.
0: Yeah, and so, at least through the first episode, you kind of, like, fall in love with him. Like, he's a very lovable guy. Very, like, kind, but, like, you know, he's still a racer, obviously. Like, he's not a pushover or anything like that. But he is a very, like, positive personality. And it's one of those, like, like how Daniel is, like, how Daniel Ricardo is, like, always positive, always smiling, like, never, like, things could be going, like, terribly wrong. He kind of keeps a keeps a smile on and it's and it's fun and it's nice to watch it's nice to have i feel like there this show has at least introduced daniel suarez as being that kind of character where mm-hmm. you know he he might not be win- winning races or winning championships yet but like there is like there's a reason why he's there and yeah. i think that nascar would be less than ha- if he weren't there you know, just as like Formula One is less than if like when we lose big drivers like Seb or hopefully not Daniel Ricciardo and things like that. Oh. I think it's a, I think it's a great show so far. Um, you know, it, it it does kind of give a vibe of like, not like Real Housewives, but there's something about like American reality shows where it's a little it's a little added dramatic. Yeah, Not in like the editing or anything like that. It's just like how I'm sure like the producers are like asking questions to the drivers mm-hmm. or like recounting like what happened in races where like it was kind of funny where like Kyle Larson was like talking about um like his relationship with joey logano and kyle was like oh yeah like you know he's he's like messed me up on track or something like he was not he didn't mince any words and then it pan and then it cuts to joey logano and joey logano's like I really think i'm that bad on track and it's just like a funny like <laughs> yeah. he's just like yeah you know mm, mm, too bad yeah like,
1: like cuts. Joey gives me, like
0: he gives me like nico rosberg vibes of like Mm. is he on this plane of reality like does he not realize that he like crashed it out or you know (laughs) like it's just that it's that kind of like uncertainty but we'll see how the how the season goes on Allie will catch up Um, I will Hopefully um, it'll be. I I hope it takes off, and I hope that it kind of gets more into the nitty gritty of like racing, as opposed to like the politics, uh, like between the drivers, because you're, it just trying, seems to like rather, yeah. you're trying to sound like Max. Yeah.
1: Sound like Max Verstappen. Yeah. Drive to Survive.
0: Yeah. Well, apparently he part he's oh, participating.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's okay. fun. But well, I cool. think that I think that this I think that this show in as it comes out and as it's like airing alongside like every other motorsports season that's going on I think I think it'll be a, a fun thing to to keep up on
1: I think the barrier is USA
0: yeah but
1: they, ha- they have a deal with USA USA airs some of their races but so what you're saying is we have to introduce HBO Max to somebody at NASCAR
0: yeah. It, yeah it it yeah. has that air of like and I mean they they do swear, like some of some sometimes like there's a swear, but they bleep it, you know, yeah, and yeah. it doesn't it like I feel like we're kind of at a point in at least I feel like I'm at a point where I'm listening to all the explicit music, I want it yeah. raw, uncut, uncensored, like I want that because it's more like I want to feel the frustration if that's what they're trying to come off as, or I'm trying to feel oh. the the comedy that they're trying to like convey oh, yeah. or whatever like. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not a matter of like I want them to be saying fuck every like other word, which yeah, but he just hit a wall. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Like or like someone completely crashed them out. And like NASCAR is one of those things too, which I I wasn't really like super duper aware of. Like
1: political on track. People
0: get out of cars and fight.
1: I know. Like
0: uh, on track in the mm-hmm. pit lane, like, teams fighting teams, like, crew crew members fighting other teammates, crew members, like, it's It's, it's
1: hockey.
0: It's, yeah, because that's, like, the it's of awareness like, of it.
1: Yeah.
0: And, like, I kind of wanted that, you know, like, I don't want to have to pay for a more kind of unfiltered version of, of these events, but I think it's going to be, I think it's a fun thing to watch if they put... If they put more kind of effort into, I think, the social media aspect of, of those shows, where Drive to Survive does a really good job of, like, teasing and, you know, all this stuff. There's a lot yeah. of buildup for Drive to Survive. I feel like they kind of have to bring social media into this. And I yeah. think NASCAR, moreover, kind of a- a- attacking those crowds. Yeah. Because that's how Formula yeah. One took off in the States.
1: Well, Formula like, One has an advantage. Yeah. yeah. Formula One has an advantage in the U.S. Beautiful foreign drivers for mm. for us, right? Like that mm. adds a whole other level. Definitely, to drive appealing. to survive. Yeah. If you've never seen Formula One, if you've never seen motors before, you're watching. Like Christian Horner to a level was correct when he said they're watching. I don't think they're watching for them anymore if they're still watching, but that y- you cannot tell me that you look at Charles Leclerc like, yeah, just another guy. Well,
0: yeah, and, and like, like Charles, like, you know, Lewis, everyone like they have, they have ad campaigns that transcend like what they do on yeah. Yeah. on the track. You know, Charles was uh, like voice in like Disney Pixar, and so was Seb, and like they were in like they were voices in Cars, and so like you know, I feel like they they touch a lot more facets of of culture for sure, and you know, it obviously doesn't hurt that like staring at George Russell is not that difficult, you know, right. he's mine don't you don't get him i get him no, okay. as much as you know he he you know cries about the korean and and you know george russell is the type of guy who you know yeah, says, I
1: mean, yeah. says thank
0: you every other every other word
1: um, my lands.
0: like yeah they're they yeah it's it's an appealing it's an attractive sport like, do does everyone have to be like drop dead gorgeous to like be like a sex no. symbol? No. Yeah. Look at look at anyone. Like, you know, you can always have that star quality, which is what right. you said. Like and right. we kind of just need that from the American side and, and the NASCAR side to kind of yeah. bring it to the same level because people have been diehard NASCAR fans for their entire lives. Right. And they're not gonna change. And that's great. It's the same thing with Formula One, but like the res- the the surge of new fans into Formula One, I don't think has happened for NASCAR. Like, no. we're are wa- we're, we're gonna get off this, and we're gonna go watch you know the other races today. But most people, if they got up to to watch Monza this morning, they're going about the rest of their Sunday.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, they're not. They're they don't not... know
0: that. You know, indie is indie is later, and
1: they're not using a VPN to
0: <laughs> to stream,
1: <laughs> Joey, to stream Joey Logano or to to watch Brad Keselowski. Like they're like, who who are these guys? Yeah, but that's yeah. that's where the international comes in. That's where like these these marketing campaigns, and that's where NASCAR has done a really good job so far of shifting away from its old narrative and shifting away from its old roots, its old history of. Oppression and racism, and just uh, encouraging these bad behaviors and, and these bad yeah. attitudes and, and all that. NASCAR has done a great job of shifting, but they have to keep going. They have to keep going. Yeah. They have to keep bringing in Kimi it, Raikkonen. It's in.
0: not just Bubba Wallace and Daniel yeah. Suarez. We can and have two figures of diversity, couple like few that that break through. Right. And just right. because they're not, you know, winning every race and you know getting all of the airtime doesn't mean that they don't deserve that. Like, they deserve to have, like, because that is where you get the surge of new fans are people yeah. who see someone breaking the mold and doing it in a way that's, like, entertaining and inspiring and also just, like, like fun to watch. Like, we want to see people go from P20 to P1. Like, yeah. that's what we want to see. We don't really care about how it's been this whole time. You know? Yeah. like. We like, like you, like wearing your Yas car shirt merch, like to to New Hampshire and getting like side eye looks. Like, that's not what we're about. Like, if I paid to be here just like you did, just because like your great grandfather or whatever, like drove in the first NASCAR race, doesn't mean that me as a fan are any less than because I just started watching like within a year or two years or whatever, you know?
1: Yeah. To could point out my grandfather was actually in one of the first NASCAR races in New England. But That's I right. like...
0: <laughs> but like there's no like... There's no, like, air of superiority when you go no, to a race and when you talk about it. I'm still it walking you, around. I'm
1: left getting right. dirty looks. Left yeah. And, yeah. Right. and it's like, you don't, like, know, like, you
0: don't know me. You don't know where I'm from. Yeah. You don't know who my dad is.
1: You don't <laughs> like, know that my grandfather's in that museum over there? You don't know that? On track?
0: I do know. The people who listen to Mirror Drive will know, because we'll be talking about that. We're going to talk about our own... Kind of experience with cars, motor racing, how we got into this. Like, we'll just touch on everything basically every episode. We'll try our best to have a through line. Obviously, we have a, you know, a set schedule for at least Formula One races for the rest of the year. We're going to ride this into the new year. 2023, we're going to, we have grand plans. So if you like this, please subscribe to us on all the socials. We're Mirror Drive everywhere. We have our website, Mirror Drive Media. You know, this is a side gig, much like everyone else who started a Formula One podcast. But um, hopefully we gave a new perspective and our new voices to it, and you enjoyed it so far. Um, We're going to keep doing it, just because this has been the best way to spend my Sunday afternoon. So I think with that, we should probably wrap it up. Great first step. Happy Sunday. I'm going to sign off. Are you? Yeah, I think so. All right. For Mirror Drive, this has been Allie and Kevin. We'll see you next time.
1: Bye, guys.
0: Bye.